there, this is Frankie. And this is Jana. And we're the owners of Zenly Yoga Studio. Zenly is a neurodivergent owned and operated studio in St. Peter's on Gadigal land. We made a space where neurodivergent, BIPOC, queer, fat, disabled and just nervous people can come and experience movement. We have quiet corners, low lighting, accessibility aids and trauma-informed staff. Have a first free class on us. Go to zenly.com.au, sign up and use the offer code NYNT. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Not Your Neurotypical Podcast, the podcast dedicated to exploring the real experiences, insights, challenges and perspectives of neurodivergent individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Raylene Sebastian, and I was diagnosed with ADHD later in life. In each episode, we'll be delving into the fascinating world of neurodivergence, a concept that celebrates the incredible diversity of human minds. We'll unravel misconceptions, share personal stories, and offer practical insights to create a more inclusive and accepting world for everyone. Whether you're neurodivergent, neurotypical, or somewhere in between, this podcast is your bridge to building empathy, breaking down barriers, and fostering a community where differences are not just acknowledged, but celebrated. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. This episode contains discussions of suicide, child abuse, sexual assault, rape, medication, drug abuse, cancer, and domestic violence. Please consider this before listening. Before we jump in, a note on our content. This is created for adult audiences only. We advise listener and reader discretion for depictions and discussions of mental illness, existential struggle, and some downright filthy language. It can be a lot to take in. So if you need a breather, Take a break or come back later. Remember, help is available at Lifeline by calling 13 11 14. In this episode, I interview Frankie. Frankie is a single mother of a neurodivergent five-year-old daughter. Frankie was diagnosed with stage three triple negative breast cancer last July and finished treatment recently with 16 rounds of chemo, 16 rounds of radiation, and a double mastectomy with level one lymph node clearance. Frankie is a queer gender fluid person and is a massive Harry Styles fan and connects with his music on an insane level. She is creative and enjoys arts and craft. But all of this aside, Frankie is diagnosed with ADHD too. My chat with Frankie could have lasted hours. We related to each other's experiences and our neurodivergent struggles. I hope you enjoy listening to her as much as I did. Welcome to episode two of Not Your Neurotypical Podcast. I'm here with Frankie. Do you want to say a little hi? <laughs> I'm actually so excited to have Frankie on the show. She's actually so much fun. Um, but we'll get into that a little, um, a little bit, I guess, soon. Um, so, but first, before we introduce the lovely Frankie, um, I wanted to start off with a little game. 
Um, so we're going to do myth or fact about Yay. ADHD. Um, just disclaimer, clearly we're not professionals, but <laughs> um, from what we've obviously known and how we've been, you know, with all our psychs and, you know, all the therapies and whatnot, I'm sure we've heard fact and fiction. So yeah. I think we'd, I think I'd like to start with, do we think ADHD is not a real condition? Absolutely not. not. It is 100% (laughs) real because if it wasn't, I wouldn't live like this. Like, sure, there are some benefits, but other than that, like, no, I'd love if my brain just worked properly. That's right. And it's like, well... Then there wouldn't be all these podcasts and, and yeah. information and science and, and books yeah, and diagnosis. subreddits and uh, yes, yeah. And I mean, like yeah. we wouldn't spend thousands of dollars on diagnoses and medications and psychiatrists and ugh, be called lazy. That's right, lives. and it would be well. That's right, and it would be an easy cure, really. Yeah, I wish you know and, exactly. And I mean, you know, there's tons of research to pretty much say that it's pretty much pointing out to be hereditary now yeah I have seen that and my daughter has autism and uh, Mm. ADHD and like Mm. her father also has ADHD her two half siblings do Mm. like heaps of cousins all of that and yeah basically as soon as she came out of the womb I was like this chick cannot pay attention (laughs) yeah did you notice, like, as like as soon as you, I mean, met her? I mean, obviously, um, when she grew up, or was there a? She was like, it was hard to tell in those early days, like, what was mm. typical behavior for that age and what wasn't. Um, she wasn't hitting yeah. milestones; like, she didn't walk till she was two and a half. Um, but she also has right. hypermobility, which I also have. But mm. it was more her behavior. Um, okay. And it took a long time for a doctor to, like, take me seriously. But, yeah, and her oh, ADHD is coming through so much more. Like, trying to have a conversation with this chick is painful. <laughs> I guess it's always a learning curve too, hey? Yeah, definitely. For both, yeah. Well, I guess that kind of comes to myth number two, that ADHD people just just lack focus. No. No, massive. <laughs> that makes uh, me frustrated. Can I just yeah. say <laughs> the amount of times I had school reports that it was like Frankie would do better if she applied herself, like oh. all that sort of crap. Same with like bosses and relationships and <sighs> hobbies and parenting and everything. And it's like, no, my brain, like there are wires and pathways that don't meet the way they're supposed to meet. Like, yes, I. That's right. I don't enjoy sitting on the couch going, okay, I need to get up and do those dishes and feeling physically paralyzed. <laughs> like there's something stopping me from doing it physically. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, no, definitely not a myth. <laughs> it's that we have so much focus and attention. Yeah. It's just we don't know how to control that focus. Yeah, I had so. um, my partner over last week and we are watching the new Ant-Man mm. movie, which is terrible. It's so bad. Oh, really? But, um, yeah. And I love the MCU. Like, <laughs> Endgame oh. ruined my life. Oh. Like, I was a different person for a while. Oh, my God. But um, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> but, yeah, and the whole time I'm, like, I was, like, doing crafting and then I was, like, on my phone Ooh. and oh, then yeah. I was, like, having a smoke and he's, like, can you just pay attention? And I'm, like, 
I'm trying, but I can't just sit there and just watch a movie. Like I've got to be doing something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's it. And I think that's something I've had to come to terms with is to remember like, you know, medication's not going to fix everything. It's like no. you have to retrain yourself and it's just, it's a big thing to do, you know. It doesn't just happen overnight. You've got to really hone in on it. Before I jumped on here with you, I picked up my phone to put something as a reminder in my phone and instantly yeah. gone. Had to like backtrack and be like, what was I about to write down? It's like if you don't have something in front of, it's it's the whole, um, what is it called? The um, object permanent, is that it? Yes. Ob- object permanent. Yes. Not in front of you. If, if you don't see it, it's just not gonna. Yeah, not gonna pay attention to it. That's why my house. It, uh, excuse yeah. that, but it's like very everything's <laughs> out because I'm like, the oh, amount yeah, of times I've like rebought toys oh. for my daughter or something because I'm like, eh, we don't have that <sighs> anymore, and then I found it. I'm like, oh, that's a waste of money. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, that's it. I yeah. I and it's like, is it hoarding or am I just I just can't find it? And it's just like you know you've got something, but you're not gonna. You're not going to remember till you actually kind of yeah. see it or, yeah. But then it's thing. also exciting. So definitely a lot to focus. Because then when you, yeah. like, clean up or something and you find stuff, you're like, oh, my God, it's like Christmas. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, oh, yeah. my God, I had this all along. Yeah, it's like yeah. a dopamine hit. Um, I can do all this. That's right. I can do all these crafts. I forgot I did that. And Yeah. yeah. It's tough to handle. Well, there you go. We are clearly, yes, we can't focus. It's just that we have so much focus on so many different things that our brains just everywhere our thoughts are everywhere we just need tunnel vision we can't prioritize (laughs) like what's the most important it's definitely tough it it takes a lot of learning relearning definitely um well that comes to number three myth number three is boys only have adhd (sighs) male i hate this so much (laughs) So much. Me like too. I'll get into like oh. like down the track, like my diagnosis and everything like that. But mm-hmm. like my yes. whole life has been a struggle. And and I even presented mm-hmm. similar to a lot of boys in that yes, I was inattentive and things like that, but mm-hmm. I was like yeah. very hyperactive. I had violent meltdowns. Like I, I'm not like that anymore. I'm still a bit hyperactive, mm-hmm. but I don't <laughs> you know have the violent meltdowns anymore. But it's taken I'm almost 33. It's taken almost 33 years to learn to Mm. change that behavior. And Mm -hmm. I have so, so, so many friends, including um, my girlfriend who is, has only just recently been diagnosed with ADHD and it caused Mm -hmm. issues with us for years. Like when we were just friends and we'd stop talking that because she didn't understand why I was the way I was and she'd get Mm -hmm. so frustrated and then only yeah. end up with her own diagnosis. Um, I would say 99% oh, of my friends. Yeah, I'd say, and I don't know if that was her, like, seeing th- like things within herself and it was confronting. But, um, yes, it's, like, it, it's just crazy. And then I would say 99% of my friends are neurodivergent in some way. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like neurotypical people just don't gel with me. They don't get me and that's fine. I'm not their people. Like can't be friends with everyone, but mm-hmm. yeah. And like, and then girls have, and women have so much trouble in school and in their teens and in their twenties and in work and in relationships and in friendships. And it's 
just put down to, oh, she's lazy. Oh, she's in the clouds. She's ditzy. And it's like, no, mm. it's very real. Mm. Like there's whole like sub, I'm a huge Reddit addict. And there's like huge like subreddits <laughs> for like women with ADHD and same on Facebook groups and all that. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I've got a book mm. somewhere that I've of course never read. That's like the <laughs> radical women's like guidebook for ADHD and <gasps> and. I'm reading that. I'm yeah. trying to go through that. Sorry, ten. No, that's okay. I started. I literally. I don't yeah, know where I put it. Yeah. Same. I know exactly where I've put it, but I'm like, oh, I I have a reminder every single day. Oh yeah. And I'm like, ah. I'm like, yeah. do the damn workbook, Frankie. Do it, and you might be cured. But no, instead, I'm like, you, I'm gonna go you. rearrange all the furniture in my house and why not friggin yeah. like stock up my fridge like yeah. all aesthetically like bleh. yeah <laughs> well that's the thing and I think tangent is that yeah like I need I I know for a fact I need to body double like I can yeah. definitely hold myself accountable but it's like if I know someone's doing it with me I'm like, okay you're doing it let me do it like yeah anyway. I can go to a friend's house anyway. and help them <laughs> clean their yeah. house and you know, you do like do the like <laughs> daily like life admin tasks and that. When it comes to myself, I'm like, I'll get to it oh. until my daughter starts being yeah. like, "Mom, you need to put the washing away." I'm like, maybe you should pick up your slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Go do the dishes. Off you go. Oh. Don't, go pick up the dog poo. <laughs> well. Excellent. That was a great little fun little game. But I, I loved it. Since we've already, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for doing it. Um, I'd love to now. Obviously, we got to know a little bit about you already. But mm-hmm. if you want to introduce yourself a little, what would you like to say? Yeah. So, um, my name's Frankie. <laughs> I'm from New South Wales. Um, I will be 33 this month and I have a almost five-year-old little girl who is also neurodivergent and she's like the light of my life. Um, been a single mum with her since I fell pregnant. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm the only parent in her life, but it's fine. works for us. Um, mm-hmm. I'm typical Gemini. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I am also queer. I am gender fluid. Um, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. Um, and I Beautiful. basically choose polyamorous relationships. So um, in one kind of at the moment, but yeah. Um, and I'm a massive Harry Styles fan. Like I'm obsessed. It's not healthy. Well, considering all this and like just how how interesting you are, oh, do you, you. think – or, and I mean it, is, is do you think that, because um, when were you diagnosed? Okay, oh, so yeah. I was diagnosed originally, I believe I was about nine. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. I can also relate to people being diagnosed in their adulthood for other reasons. So essentially like yeah, my mum, mum knew there was like something up with me since I was like three. Um, but because I was mm-hmm. a girl, it were, would take mm-hmm, mm-hmm so many different doctors and specialists and money and she was a single mum um yeah. finally got diagnosed with back when it was ADD or ADHD I was diagnosed with ADD right um yeah was put on Ritalin in like year mm-hmm. eight or something I was like I hate this stop taking it and my mum made an off wow. the, like off the cuff comment going oh well I guess you don't have ADHD anymore so my dumb ass brain 
thought that meant I did not have ADHD. So struggled all through my teens, essentially almost all the way through my 20s until I was like, why am I like this? And one of my friends is like, duh, it's your ADHD. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have that. I'm cured. And they're like, Mm. no, you're not. So (laughs) I had my diagnosis reconfirmed with two other psychiatrists and have only recently been back on medication. But yeah. Yeah, Um, right. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say. So I also like a bit, of course, that I knew that I was forgetting to say. Um, So on top of like, um, (laughs) no, that's right. Um, Like brain fog from ADHD and not being able to remember anything and feeling Mm. like I'm drunk half the time trying to explain something. Um, (laughs) July 25th of last year, I was diagnosed with stage three triple negative breast cancer. Um, So Mm. it had spread to my lymph nodes and was a complete shock. Like I had, I did the genetic testing, nothing came up there, no family history. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only 32, just turned 32. Um, mm-hmm. So I went through 16 rounds of chemotherapy, 16 rounds of radiation, um, a double mastectomy wow. with level one lymph node clearance. And they took my nipples, which is really rude because they were tattooed and cute. Um, and oh, um, I, I know. Um, and also I had to have a follow-up surgery because I ended up with a staph infection from the first one. Um, oh, wow. Every bloody complication under the sun. Um, ended up with like a pulmonary embolism, yeah. pneumonia, became anemic, infections, all that sort of stuff. Wow. Um, and now I have lymphedema in my left arm from them removing lymph nodes, So, which means my left arm like will mm-hmm. fill with fluid because it can't drain it and it becomes quite painful. Um, and... I've stayed completely flat um, because I don't want to risk like breast implant illness or anything like that, but that's a big adjustment. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And they've also found some growths in my lungs now, so they don't know if it's spread or not. But with all that being said, like all mm. the chemo at it, like so chemo brain mm. is similar where you just have really bad memory. Mm-hmm. You can't string a sentence together. So that with ADHD, like brain fog is like the perfect worst storm ever. I Right constantly feel like daycare is going to pull me up when I drop my daughter off and be like are you drunk like we need to breathalyze you I'll be like no I'm sorry my brain just isn't working so yeah 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 right it's um that's an amazing and very tumultuous journey oh yeah it was crazy I think yeah um well for our listeners obviously whoever does listen it's (laughs) Um, me and Frankie were just talking about her tattoos and she has one uh, can I say that <laughs> yeah you know, you've of course, got a go tattoo on. that says um, she has a tattoo that says survivor and you definitely are one Frankie and you're Thank definitely you. a fighter if anything Thank you. So it's really amazing and um, you know I I'm just astounded but is do you think now with this diagnosis and and obviously having all this you've had trauma in your past and then obviously overcoming a lot of this and all of these complications, how, how do you manage and how does that affect, I mean, obviously with the chemo brain, it's hard to tell. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, Uh, is there things that you use every day and, or like, I mean, what do you, how do you manage? I guess um, is what I'm trying to ask. I guess my medication's a big one. So I'm not on any meds still for Mm -hmm. the cancer because it was, triple negative it means there's mm-hmm. no hormone receptors so hormone therapy and medication doesn't do anything um 
Right. I'm in, I'm in therapy, which was set up through my amazing breast care nurse, Erin. Like, oh, my God, I want her to adopt amazing. me. Like, everyone needs to get behind, like, the McGrath <laughs> Foundation and, like, donate to them because these breast oh. care nurses are, like, worth their weight in gold. And <laughs> you don't just have them during treat, treatment. You have them, like, your whole life. Um, so. Oh, excellent. <clears throat> sorry. Um, so I'm actually doing Dry July yeah. next month to, like, raise money for that. Nice. Um. Oh. But I, like, I'm doing therapy through um, someone, refer- like, that she referred me to, um, mm-hmm. you know, take my meds. I have gotten into, like, a better routine of not dropping my daughter at daycare and coming home and sleeping because um, mm-hmm. I'm still not working because I had to stop working when I got sick. Um, of course. And, yeah, just, like, really, like, um like practical things like making lists of things I need to do um having Mm -hmm. I bought an apple watch so it has Mm. reminders that tell me when to take my medication um which is funny Mm -hmm. because so many people think that like oh you have ADHD you're just going to abuse your medication and not realize like half the time we forget to take it um that's right I see that everywhere I know and I thought like I thought that wasn't true and then I sat at work today and it was 8 a.m. And I usually take my meds at like 7 a.m. Yeah. And I sat there at work and I'm like, look at my bottle. And I'm like, my water bottle just going, did I, did I take, did I take? Yeah. And just, and I'm just like, I've got work to do. What am I doing? And I'm like, yeah. wait, no, I've taken one. Cause I'm clearly thinking one thought at a time. Yeah. But I'm true. on, a, I'm on Dexies. Cause I found that's been the only thing that's worked for me and they're great, <gasps> but it's like six a day mm-hmm. at least. And it's like, yeah, constantly I'm wow. like, did I just yeah. take those? I need to find a better system <laughs> besides logging them on the app because I forget to do that. But like, I don't know, like yeah. a tick off yeah. or something to keep track. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I'll be like, wow, yeah, I've got right. lots of energy. It, and then I'm like, oh, I'm doubled up on my meds. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. And um, Bridget in the first episode also explained her experience on dexamphetamine. I'm still very new to it. So I... Yeah. I've only really just started last year when yep. I was diagnosed and I was still very hesitant with dexamphetamine, but I I still, I think it's hard for me to obviously un, like, I mean, you know, talk to your psychiatrist and they'll just be like, oh yeah, you know, this, this is how you feel, but it's, you know, yeah. they'll read off of a fact sheet and, you know, they, but so I, know. I'd like, I always like to ask cause it's, that's right. It's more informative for myself to understand, like it clearly it works for you and how yeah. like, you know, it, cause I've always, I've always, like my psychiatrist has always told me you can only have three a day and can't fall pregnant yeah how do you how does your like how do you is that good for you do you take it every day like what's yeah um, so like the um the anxiety was really bad at first like I was constantly on edge like like oh. and then that sort of settled down and I'd then spoken with other people and they'd said yeah that was mm-hmm. really common for them um so thankfully yeah, right. that settled down because I think that would have turned me off it if it didn't um yeah okay yeah the only bad thing is like the pe- well, not the only bad thing but one of the bad things is when people <laughs> find out that you're on Dexys they're like oh can I buy some of you so I can like take them and get high I'm like I need these to function like <laughs> these aren't my party drugs mate it's so I can get up and have a shower like what do you talk oh <laughs> that's idiot well like I know, could make people, bank but people no, thank you <laughs> it's just yeah, I I'd struggled in the past with alcoholism and um 
and drug abuse, mm-hmm. um, which I've, you know, yeah. like I still do drink a bit, but nothing like I used to. And the drug abuse, like I've come out of the other side. I had a small relapse after mm-hmm. my surgery because I had um, opiate painkillers. But yeah, I, I was always like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not. Like I used to work in mental health. I was a mental health support worker, well, a peer support worker. Yeah. And oh, I had so many clients that broke my heart that would get on ice for mm. whatever reason. Like they didn't pick it up going, oh, my God, I'm gonna, I want to become addicted to this and it ruined my life. But, no, of course. You just do it. Yeah, yeah like people that were high-flying pro- professionals all the way to like the lowest socioeconomic backgrounds and the way it would mm. destroy their lives and so quickly, I was like, no, thanks, not for me, not touching that. Um, mm. So to then like be prescribed something that says amphetamine, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to like my face is going to be full of scabs. I'm going to think the government's spying <laughs> on me, which I think they are anyway. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it was scary. I'm like, oh, I like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, I think, I feel like medication is going to be such a, like a prominent theme in, mm. in any podcast with neurodivergence because it's such a, it's almost, I feel like it's almost still, um, what do you call it? Still very stigma. Sti- oh. sti- what am yeah. I trying to say? Stigmatized. The stigma. Yeah. There you everyone, go. I, I was going to say that word, but then I was like, nope. <laughs> everyone thinks you just um, want it for to abuse it. And it's like, no, I just mm. want to function like everyone yeah. else. Like, this is a very controversial yeah. take. And I totally understand if you want to edit it out. Yes. But I even, no, got, to, I even got to one point during my chemotherapy and everything that I was like, if I could mm-hmm. choose to take mm-hmm. away the ADHD or the cancer, take away the ADHD. Mm-hmm. and that's when I was like really? wow it's really affecting me and I don't feel like that anymore but wow. like there yeah, are beautiful yeah. beautiful benefits of it but then there's also like a lot that just makes oh. everything hard so yeah that's that's a powerful thing to say in a good way like I, I think okay. that's a really like like and like for me to like understand how you like, yeah. how you're feeling and just like the perception of that because you know, I for me just to know that you know you're the survivor of such like a wonder like all these things, and and then to hear that you know you struggled so much more with this mental condition. Yeah, that, you know, a lot of it, people do have, but then for people to downplay that oh, in yeah. general, like oh, you're and, just a naughty like, kid. And that's the thing. Well, that's right, and that's the thing though. And I've I've had a lot of friends say this where they've gone like obviously they've heard about my diagnosis and they're like oh it's amazing you're doing this, but it's like if I hadn't been so upfront about it because it's not a physical condition in front yeah. of them because I'm not in hospital, it's not like it'll bring to their attention. They were not oh, going yeah. to be, they're not going to be sympathetic. They're not going to be empathetic. Yeah. But the instance, for example, I'm not trying to be desensitive, like, un- no, like not at all. insensitive in saying this, but, but if you're a cancer patient, then they have more of that for oh, you because 100% it's a struggle. I got treated but like, like a bloody VIP every yeah. time I had to go to hospital anywhere. <laughs> And that's a great thing. It should, like, that should be the case all the time. With I, went in, I went in with my sister and brother-in-law when my nurse told me I needed to go in for the staph infection. And they just sort of like yeah. whisked me away into like the subacute area. My sister's looking at me mm-hmm. like, we don't have to go wait on the, like mm-hmm. in the waiting room. I'm like, no, 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 no. We go to the good area. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been in the same hospital before for suicide attempts and mental health troubles and things like that and I've sat there in the waiting Mm. room for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end and there's barely any help and no one takes you Mm. seriously so my daughter's on NDIS for her autism and other conditions um Mm -hmm. 
ADHD mm. is not recognized Ooh, okay. as a diagnose, as a condition eligible for NDIS by itself. If you have a comorbidity, no. you may be able to get it. Right. ADHD by the NDIS right. Australia is not recognized. So there is no help for therapies, um, medications. I'm lucky that I've got a um, healthcare card, so my medications are cheaper. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah. psychiatrists, and they're so expensive. Like, and yeah. my psychiatrist, not even a big fan of her, but <laughs> I needed to see her to get back on medication. And it's just on Zoom and it's like for the shortest time ever and it cost me a fortune, which I don't have. Um, no, that's right. So I really think, I know that the Greens um, in particular, oh, what's his name, Jordan Steele, something I think. He's um, mm -hmm. the Minister for Mental Health, I believe. And mm -hmm. he is putting bills before Parliament to include NDIS as a recognised condition, standalone by itself with the NDIS, um, which I think is so important because it's acknowledged under the DSM-5 as a, as a condition, like as a mental health condition. Um, well, yeah. it's also a neurological condition, but that's right. It's, I've seen people like friends that, uh, I would have thought, and I think are living quite comfortably, but they can't afford mm. to go and spend thousands of dollars for a diagnosis. And the price yeah. is very massively. And yeah, you get a bit back off Medicare, but you've got to have that upfront. And for a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. the cost of living now, it's just not possible. So they continue to oh. struggle and they can't get themselves out mm -hmm. of the hole they're in and they can't perhaps get a job that's a little bit higher paying or whatever because they can't manage the root cause. And it's just this vicious circle. It makes me really sad for people and sad for like mm. the younger me, like growing up and, oh yeah, you know, I wish I could just hug her and go, you're valid, you're not weird. Like I do say I'm weird, but I try and embrace it. But, you know, like you're not Same. all these slurs you've been called, like really disgusting, horrible slurs. You're not those things. You are valid, you are beautiful and you're worthy and you're going to be okay. Beautiful. Yeah, so it's so debilitating because it's funny how you say that because I was going to mention that as well, how I, like, you know, we we do we we have to cover the upfront costs. I mean, it was six hundred dollars just to see yeah. my psychiatrist. Great psychiatrist, happy like you know I got the diagnosis and everything. But it was like, it was like yeah. In order for me to get that, I had to get a report done, which was like a hundred dollars. And then mm. I was like, had to get the psychiatrist. And you see your doctor. You have to see your doctor at least and advocate for yourself at least twice or many times. Yeah. Depends on who you go with. And if and they they're now you, like you taking away bulk billing. Them. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, and then you have to cough up more money to, to then, because sometimes some of those gap fees, you, hello, they're not oh. going to be reimbursed. Yeah. And, and there's so much more. And like, yeah, medication might be $10, but, you know, you have to go back against people. The system so works I, against us. Yeah. And like, I remember when Absolutely. I got my first script made up for my Dexies, it was only 100 tablets. It wasn't like the two bottles. And I held it up to my mm. friend and I said, this is the most expensive bottle of uh, medication I've ever bought. She goes, why? How much was it? Wasn't it like $7? I said, no, this ended up costing me $1,000 mm. after I had to have yeah. another initial assessment to have yeah. my yeah. diagnosis confirmed for the third time. Even though I had paperwork from when I was a child, they still wow. wanted to reconfirm it. And then it was, okay, mm. I don't want to start your medication right now. You need to get an ECG. You need to get a blood screen. You need to get a dr drug screen um wow you know and then we'll look at it and you know even before the my old psychiatrist because they thought that I had bipolar which I don't at least mm. I don't think I do mm. I can't 
relate to it all that mm-hmm. much, but it does overlap a lot. He would not prescribe yeah. me stimulants. He would only prescribe me things like Stratera and Amsel Pride, which right. was Amsel Pride was over a hundred dollars a box and did nothing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just you know, if you went in and you it's... had asthma, you'd get what you need straight away. But yeah. Well, that's it, and it's like, it's like how, <sighs> yeah, it, we're yeah, you're right, and we're living in a system that is not supporting us and not recognizing just how much how much of a percentage we actually make up, and oh, then, yeah. and we feel so alone, and that's that's why, like you know, yes, we might have, you know, there are there's so many diagnoses that are happening, and we're also being misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed, especially as women. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, what? Okay, but then what are you gonna do there? Like how? Yeah. And this is why there's so many podcasts and so many Instagram like accounts because oh my God, these I people them all. have these conditions. Yes, same. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I I will be very very much be happily, you know, be one of those people because I want to also spread the word. Yeah. Because who else is gonna do it, right? That's and it's the thing. just. And yeah. we bring like yes our lives can be chaotic our brains are chaotic but that's something we have to live with like everyone else can walk away from it if they Mm -hmm. want we have to live with that in our own head but we also Mm -hmm. bring a lot of beauty to the world like think of every single artist musician that you admire and look Mm -hmm. up to I would make a good bet that the majority of them are on like have a neurodivergent in some way or the other you know we are accept people for who they are we don't judge we Mm -hmm. want everyone to be equal you know we we help so much because we know how much we've needed it um you know we're fun and you know like we're compassionate and there's so much that we bring to the world yet it's just like oh you're a bloody handful I don't want to deal with it Mm. so yeah well, that's it, and 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 that's well, that's the thing that I, I bring up as well in episode one. But you recognize in in the radical the book that we are forgetting to read, yeah, <laughs> um, is what the as much as what I what I did read uh, in that book is like I said again in episode one is that that yeah the world is not meant to fit it does not fit you, you you're in a system that does not recognize you so you are just you are going to change it and you are going to try yeah. at least that's my interpretation but it's oh, yeah. more like you will just not fit in but let yourself be okay with that and yeah. just live as you need to and that's something I'm still learning because it's like yeah it's, it's you know and I believe that would be the similar thing with trying to I guess with being gender fluid and, and yeah. queer because like you'd have to be outside that box because you yeah. know, everyone's just this this and that and that's it yeah and and that's the thing like you know it applies yeah like I fall into like I have a lot of privilege like I'm a white woman Mm. from a white family in Australia um Mm. but Mm. I also fall into a lot of minority groups so you know like my gender Mm. identity my my sexuality the way I Mm. view relationships Mm -hmm. being neurodivergent being a breast cancer survivor being a domestic violence survivor surviving trigger warning childhood sexual assault adult sexual assault you know all of that like it Mm -hmm. I don't even know where I was going with but you know like (laughs) it's there's so many things like stacked up against me and it's like you just have to fight harder and harder to be heard and to be seen and to be valued and to be loved 
Well, right, and it's it's like there's not enough. <laughs> as much as people are putting out this word out there, it's just it's like it's nothing, nothing happening. Yeah, right. You're always and... going to have bigots that don't want to believe it and just think you're lazy and you don't need those people in your life. They can go be miserable somewhere no. else. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I feel for every neurodivergent out there because I can just, like you said, like thinking about your younger self and how much oh. you would, would have been you know, better off with the support. And kudos to your mum for recognising and helping you, by the way. So we obviously went through, we actually, it's it, without me asking, we went through your diagnosis journey. We went through your likes and dislikes of ADHD almost, and we went through your struggles and Australian public private system, which is amazing. We've pretty much gone through our questions, but let's continue <laughs> with the um, uni. I've heard this a lot. Yeah. I've heard this with a lot with people with ADHD yeah. that they've basically found out a lot more of their struggle when they dropped out of uni and they struggled yeah. with uni. And that's yeah. how I started picking that up, but I didn't really know. I was kind of like, why am I struggling? Why am I not keeping on? Because it wasn't routine, right? Yeah. What was your experience there? Um, so I didn't go to year 12. I um, I dropped <laughs> out like halfway through year 11 due to like bullying and stuff like that and just started working. Um, gotcha. When yeah. I was 20, I believe, um, I was <laughs> living down in Wollongong with um, a boyfriend at the time first boyfriend I'd ever lived with, he was like, hey, you should enroll in uni. I was like, oh, I don't have my, I can't remember what it was called then, but I didn't have my ATAR or whatever, or UAI, that's what it used to be. And he's like, oh, no, you can yeah. go in as a mature student. So I did that. It was just a Bachelor of Arts. Loved, like, the content, <laughs> but when it came to things mm. like essay writing and that, I sucked. Oh. I can't reference yeah. to save my life. Like, and I like <laughs> to think I'm quite an intelligent person I feel like my grandma my even my mother who we don't get along has always said that I mean my sister but it's more like I'll find something that interests me and I'll go research that and go down a rabbit hole but mm-hmm. traditional structured schooling or university or anything just didn't work no. so yeah I was mm. starting my third year I believe and just stopped going course I didn't fill out any of the proper paperwork because that was too much to do um mm-hmm. and since then I've tried like a variety of other like TAFE courses traineeships mm. through employers <laughs> other uni degrees yeah. like psychology and criminology and <laughs> I just can't stick to it and yeah it, I guess it's, yeah. A, it's just a hyperfixation like it's but then the second it gets hard you quit like the amount of craft projects I've started all random stuff oh that I've abandoned yeah. is ridiculous. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and and that's probably like the biggest tell because yes, you hyperfixate, but it's also the lack of motivation. You just yeah. don't have it. You yeah. realistically do not have it, and that's you know you just the chemicals in your brain are not there. You're you love yeah. this thing, but your body just will not do it. Yeah, and that's the thing. You like, know, and I. Like, yeah, I just found, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, articulate myself properly in writing. Like, and I'm even the same now. Like, I suck at text messaging. Mm -hmm. I'd rather call someone and speak to them and articulate myself properly rather than things being Mm -hmm. miscommunicated. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I just like flip throps flop through so many different things when it was like a boring subject, like statistics. Oh, I hate maths. Mm. It just oh, lost interest. Yep, I was same. like, no, nah, I'm done with this. And the amount of times I've gone to like friends and said, oh my God, I'm doing this new thing. And they're like, oh yeah, all right, let's see how long this lasts. And I get it now. So now I just don't tell anyone anything. Oh my God. <sighs> I've had the same. So when I was in uni, I, yeah, I, I transferred from different degrees and I was part of this huge, huge, I say huge, but I, I'm yeah. part of this really like, I guess, prominent uh, group on campus at Macquarie Uni. And a lot of yep. my, I guess, acquaintances to friends there were always so like, you know, they were all like, oh, how's everyone studying? Blah, blah. Yeah. And every new term, every new semester, they were like, oh, Ray, you're still here. You're still studying. <sighs> uh, and and I just used to think like, oh, like that's a, like, it's a joke. But then I yeah. look back at that now. And I'm like, yeah, like, wow, I was horrible. Like I just yeah. and because that was them kind of going what the hell's wrong with you like yeah which then leads into <sighs> yeah. us not either not being able to gain like meaningful employment like I've also worked in employment mm-hmm. services I'm not the devil I'm one of the ones who actually like gives a shit unless you're abusive to me like I because I'm being <laughs> yeah. on the other side like I'm on the other side now just yeah. being on single parenting but yeah you know like it then leads to not being able to like obtain or maintain like meaningful employment being underemployed um being uh like on very low wages and you just stuck in that system Mm -hmm. of like even poverty so and it's just Mm. this endless cycle um and it's really sad vicious one yeah Mm. no absolutely and it's it because yeah it does affect you yes you know you you had these strengths, you're creative, you, all these other things. There's so many strengths like, you, like we did mention. But in order to have that, you know, use them, it's like, yes, there's medication, but, you know, there's so many steps to get to these things to help and you. And it's not a it's magic not, fix either. No, it's not a one-day fix. It's not, it's, there's, no, there's no cure. It's yeah. constant work. It's work. It's actual energy. Mm. And your brain is constantly exhausted. It is. Yeah. I get so physically exhausted. Oh, and yeah. like, you know, I'll just, I'll just like go to bed and I'll wake up going, why did I need to sleep? Like, oh my God, why am I sleeping again? Yeah. And it's just because, like I mentioned this in an interview I had with Katie Weber and she was like, you know, like, yeah, like why, you know, why is there no cure or whatever? And I was like, well, you know, I've been told I need to have so many, like, you know, like I should rest. I'm like, well, how many naps can I have to yeah, oh cure this? Like it's. <laughs> I've only just. You know, and I'm like, I've rested a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like day's over. Yeah. I had all this stuff I wanted to do. I'm not going to do that tomorrow. And then you do it again. Like, but I remember. Yeah. Especially when my daughter was young. She didn't sleep through till she was like two and a half, three, probably even older. And she still bloody sleeps in my bed because for whatever reason, Um, which is fine because I kind of love the cuddle. So I have her on one side and my cat on the other. Um, But she, um, she didn't, she slept like shit for years. And now I know it's because her brain's in overdrive, but I remember being Mm. so desperate. I was like, all I want to do, I remember, it's probably karma that I got cancer. But I was like, I remember wishing, I was like, I would just like some illness that's going to put me in the hospital so I can sleep. And then it was 10 months of sleeping, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I didn't mean this. (laughs) I got over it. I got so over (laughs) my bed. I was like, I don't want to be in that thing ever again. So unless it's for like good times. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, it did, did it. It hurt you. Yeah, I was just like, I'm done. And like, I need like when I like my daughter needs to have the galaxy light on at night, and she has to have the exact right planet that's on so she can like kiss fucking Saturn good night. Oh, sorry, I swore. Kiss Saturn good night. No, I'm fine. like, all right, babe, whatever. Um, because they've just learned all about <laughs> planets, so she's like hyper fixated on that. Mm. Um, and I need to have mm. like my loop earplugs and my eye mask on to sleep. <gasps> and yeah, oh my god, how yeah. the loops. Right. Oh my god, we need to talk about that too. My best mate, I've got <laughs> an, there's a discount code I found in that group too. But um my best mate got me onto yeah. them. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to hear anything. I have all of them now. Love them. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I've got Are the they... engaging I don't Okay. I think I have that one. Yeah, there's engage. <laughs> experience and then the quiet which are all silicon so i use that at night but even last weekend right i was supposed to stay at my partner's place and uh Mm -hmm. didn't end up happening but i'd left my overnight bag at theirs so i was going to bed and i was like shit i don't have my earplugs i don't have my eye mask so i had to wear a different pair of loops Mm -hmm. which thankfully were fine and a really old eye mask it was gross um just to sleep yeah and usually i sleep with the fan on even in winter but my daughter gets sick so i can't anymore she's buzzkill oh see i thought that was just i do no i i understand that i love feeling cold but also warm yeah. and then i like the yes you get the, the quiet, up then on i also you. like hearing yeah oh comfort i used yeah, I, love- <laughs> I used to only ever be able to sleep playing this one true crime podcast because the narrator's right. voice was so calming until and my daughter <laughs> will have her sleepy time music which is like a spotify playlist playing Whoa. to go to sleep so yeah she would ask she asked for it and then one night she's like but mommy can i have the sleepy time music and not the creepy man i was like oh shit she can hear it <laughs> didn't think she could she hear it had yeah. it under my pillowcase i was like right got rid of that <laughs> oh my <laughs> traumatized god traumatized <laughs> if anything i'm sure the spotify music helps um yeah but no, loop earplugs are godsend and on yeah. that note, I know a lot of like um, some people don't like it, but it's good that you do and that you use it. Is there other things that help you manage that side of, of things? So sleep as well. Um, Is it sleep or just ADHD in general? <laughs> yeah. So I stim a lot in that. Um, I never realized until about a year ago what I was doing in this regard. For example, but I when I'm in bed, mm. so I've got like my. <laughs> thick mattress topper because my mattress is trash and then there's a mattress mm-hmm. protector on top of it so I'll sort of and then my fitted sheet so I'll sort of like grab it and like bunch it up in my hands and then just like run my fingers over it and it's like really calming oh, um and I can't yeah, sleep right. in a bed that I can't do that with um like oh. I said I make lists um mm. basically everything in my house like all the lights and tvs and stuff like that are connected with smart plugs or whatever so that the amount of times I'll get into bed and I'm like, oh, the light's still on. So I can like just pop on my phone and turn that off. Nice. Um, I've got the calendar in my phone, the calendar on the wall, my day planner. Nice. A to-do list that I can like slide off on the fridge and then also text message reminders. Um, <laughs> we were talking about how we get so overwhelmed and then we we try to deviate it all, but then we're also ironically overwhelming ourselves yeah. more. Which is a relatable. I do the same. <laughs> but then I'll be like getting towards the end of my to-do list and then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to be so bored. So I just find other crap to do. <laughs> That's it. Like I've redecorated this place so oh. many times in like two and a half years. 
That's right. Yep. I, yep. I'm the same. But I also, Um, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I also, like, I always have my AirPods with me and I'm usually like, uh, especially Mm. when I'm like parenting, like I'll have one AirPod in and I'll have a podcast going or an audio book or just music. Um, just for some, I need background noise. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to meditate. It is hard. Um, but you know, and doing things like I've just started Reiki. So I'm really okay. enjoying that. And, you know, just keeping up with therapy um, mm-hmm. and enjoying life as much as I can. But that's come from what I've been through over the last year. Um, so, like, I've mm. booked so many things to do this year because I'm like, you know, if it has spread, then I might only have a few years left. So I might as well just enjoy it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, that's true. And I think it's a good um, like it's a good I'm losing my track of thought it's, it's a good it's outlook to have yeah. it is I'm so sorry but no, no um, it's okay I'll but... be up till all hours cleaning the house I've got a friend coming over tomorrow no no sorry and that's the thing right if you if someone doesn't come over or if if someone doesn't if someone tells you someone needs to come over you are just going to be in this trance yeah sorry and that's and then when put when there. I was doing chemo like I didn't see anyone mm-hmm. so my house was trashed and my best friend Liz like mm-hmm. this woman has a heart of gold I am she's my ride mm-hmm. or die like I would and we only met a little mm-hmm. over a year ago but was at a kid's birthday oh. party and she clocked me mm-hmm. and she's like do you smoke and I'm like yeah she's like let's get the fuck out of here and go have a smoke and I was like yes <laughs> and <laughs> she's love. awesome she's my rock um but she's a she was doing like cleaning as well so she like came over and helped me clean Mm. up the place because she's like babe you can't live like this oh bless yeah I love that and I think that's really important to have is the the great support network so it's really it's it's you feel safe you know and you can be yourself and and in no judgment you know yeah exactly it's good to surround yourself with those kind of people um it's hard to sometimes like if I feel like I would definitely feel for anyone who might not have that kind of yeah, network, oh. you know, and, and not be open with this yeah. stuff because they'd feel shame. And, you know, I'd, I'd hope if if anything for this podcast, if anyone hears what we blab on about, but yeah. to help them understand, you know, it's okay to, yeah. to openly struggle and, and be real about it because it's a real thing. And, and that's the thing, some know, people's – lungs don't work properly and they have asthma our brains don't work properly so we've got ADHD and like whatever like I was diagnosed it was originally ADD obviously they got rid Mm. of that term so it's um ADHD combination so it's that and Mm. other conditions I have including like depression anxiety complex PTSD and that it's like it's things that are wrong Mm. in my brain and you take medication to fix it you have a headache headache you take medication to fix it if you want to try something different like therapies or whatever that's Mm. fine like do what works for you Mm. that's right and you know some people are obviously against medication for medication I'm very much in between because I'm testing and trying it and I want to be as open to things to help me right yeah but you have to try these and and to help yourself but I feel like you know if I've lost it no it's right um you were saying something you were saying about like being Um, not here or there with medications yeah and just just trying to 
like because I yeah I was I was very much on the fence about it because I you know I had no idea I had no idea what it meant to be on medication no one said it was just kind of like here you go here it is yeah easy fix but that's very much what western medicine is right oh yeah very repetitive about this but it Mm. but it's like big pharma but if that's what's gonna yeah yeah well that's it right um it's like if that's going to help, you may as well try it. And if yeah. you're not going to try it, well, how are you going to help yourself and help yeah. the people around you? Because it's not only you that you're affecting yourself; it's the people that you you're with because yeah. they're going to they're they're with you all the time, you know. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, and as well with med- Western medicine, like, um, for example, like there's heaps of great documentaries out there, but I think one of the best ones I've mm. seen is um, it's just on YouTube, and it's got macklemore and barack obama when he was president and it's only like an hour and macklemore has struggled a lot very openly about his sobriety and addiction issues to opioids and alcohol and was open when he relapsed during Mm -hmm. covid but he Mm -hmm. explores the opioid crisis in america and how Mm -hmm. um you know these opioids are just like oxycotton and whatever it's called and all these different things like being handed over and how mm. much it's affecting people and that's the big issue with western culture is that it's yeah not western culture well yeah that's true but western medicine is it's all money driven it is all about like yes. you know pharmaceutical reps like giving doctors incentives and that to stock their products and it's yes. disgusting like i mm. i try and go down a holistic route as much as possible um my best friend liz i was mm. telling you about she is very into aromatherapy mm. and like a low tox lifestyle mm. And she's taught me so mm. much. Um, mm. And then, you know, I do things like Reiki and I love it. Mm. Like that was the things that she could pick up on. I was like, holy shit, how do you know that? Um, <laughs> you know, and just trying other things as well if I can. If it doesn't work, then that's fine. But, you know, like, mm. um you know, making sure I'm taking vitamins, um, which I don't do enough. Mm, yes. Um, like there's Big some thing. stuff I yeah. I have to, like I've tried going off my antidepressants, doesn't work. Tried to wrap, trigger warning, mm-hmm. tried to wrap my car around a tree. Um, wow. My, I have hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism, so I need to take my thyroid medication. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But, yeah, that that's the thing. And a lot of people with that are on have ADHD or autism or anything like that have addiction issues. So then giving them something that all they've ever heard, it's highly addictive, not understanding that it's yes, there can be people that do abuse it with ADHD. And I've known some people that have, but Mm. it, um, it's all they've heard is that it's addictive and not realizing that for the majority, that's for people that don't have it, that take it out and be a party drug. Like, I used to sell my Ritalin in high mm. school to friends because they're like, oh, yeah, you've got speed. Wow. I'm like, here you go, buy me lunch. Like stupid things like that. So <laughs> yeah. oh, it was great because um, I hated oh. Ritalin, but other people mm. swear by it. So that's the thing. It's just well, it's that, trial yeah, and like no hate to any parents that do medicate their kids. Like my mum had to mm. medicate me. I was violent. Mm. I was mm. balls to the wall insane. I don't know how I survived it. I'm right. surprised I didn't end up a teen mom. Yeah. My sister did. And I was like, haha, and she was the good one. Um, but she also wanted that. She's had three <laughs> kids and she's been with a husband for like a billion years. So it's fine. It oh, worked out. Beautiful. Got a great career. Yeah. Under underpaid. They're both yeah. aged care workers. Underpaid, but oh, um Yeah. Yeah, like I 
absolutely had to be medicated 100%. And as an adult, absolutely 100%. I can't manage without it. My daughter, I'm not comfortable doing that yet because there's so many little quirks and things about her that I love. Like the things that she comes and tells me about the planets and the other day she, I don't know if she was telling the truth or not, but she was telling me that snails are nocturnal or something. I'm like, yeah, that's why there's so many in the bloody backyard at one in the morning. Um, (laughs) You know, like her artistic side, like I'm, I'm creative in that I can follow instructions and a pattern and stuff like that. Flat pack furniture, furniture. I'm the queen of, I'm so good at it. Like I can do that shit with my hand. Mm. Like if someone says to me, oh, you need someone to do that with you. I'm like, I can do that by myself. And I'm so stubborn. but she's very creative in painting something from scratch and I have one of her first ever drawings like tattooed on me and she's very much like her half sister with that and her dad's side like so I don't want to I lost a lot of that part of me when I started Ritalin which is why I hated it so I'm just not ready to do that with her yet she's in therapy so yeah oh well that's still good I think it's like yeah, I think that's. I agree with you there that it's it is it's a it's a controversial take for yeah medication and and children. That's still a big thing that everyone's still you know it's 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 a big topic and I feel like yeah. that's something I'll definitely get into eventually. But it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard because yeah, you're a parent, you want the best for them, and then the other side of it because you know what it's like. Yeah you don't want to rid them of that and also you know uh, yeah it's it's tough it's a very tough one and that's the thing and then you have people going oh it's lazy parenting it's like no and most of the time with children that are neurodivergent you have to gentle parent I've never been a patient Mm. person in my life my daughter she saved my Mm. life has done so much for me and she's also Mm. made me patient but I have times where like and I try and be gentle with her and everyone's like oh you're coddling her I'm like shut up like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I pick my battles. But yeah. The one yes you've seen, you haven't said the, right. seen the hundred no's I said today. So mm. I have to gentle That's parent. Right. But then I have my days where I'm like, I've been telling you to put your shoes on for 30 friggin' minutes. Go. Let's get out of the door. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. babe. Yeah. So That's right. it's, it's hard. Like, it would be so much easier just to be a strict parent and smack in that. But I don't do that. My yeah. childhood was There's like that and I'm not do- yeah, I'm not doing that to my kid. Like I thought that smacking was acceptable and then I ended up in a lot of DV relationships because I thought that was, I always got told you got to be cruel to be kind and I thought that was that's, yeah. love. So. Yeah. I'm God, sorry she tests, to hear. She's freaking I, beautiful but she tests my patience. <laughs> no, but I think you're doing, I, it sounds like you're, you're doing a really good job parenting Thank her. Thank you. Um, She's awesome. So I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned something there. I was going to say, oh, that's what it was. I So much like, same like you, I was diagnosed. I was told I was, you know, I have PTSD, which I do. Um, yeah. I'm same like you. I experienced sexual assault uh, when I was turning 20. And, I'm so sorry. And Oh, I mean, we've all been through something. Um, but thank you. I, it's you know that that took me a while to come to, the, but that's the thing that I'm also trying to understand is like, there's a lot of psychologists and and psych like psychiatrists saying like, you either diagnose those factors like the anxiety, the which I was diagnosed with high function yeah. anxiety, PTSD, depression, and all this stuff, and it's like. Yeah. Do you do you focus on these 
and then work your way because when I first focused on just having these three because I didn't know I had ADHD yeah I was so clear I was so calm I was able to do like I was just meditating I was doing CBT and then and then once that was kind of over quote unquote over and I was like happy with everything content with everything then I was like there's still something unanswered and it kind of just went and fell into the whatever and then and then I was like, okay, no, there's something else. And then when I did realize it's ADHD and got diagnosed, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. And, you know, there's this whole conversation about like, do you just focus on those little things so that you can get over them? Yeah. Or do you just recognize it as a whole so that then you start going down this loophole? But, yeah. You know, it's hard because it's it's a huge umbrella. ADHD oh, yeah. got so much in it, right? And yeah. Yeah, you you have to just untangle this mess. <laughs> it's the same as, um, in a way, it's the same as cancer. So cancer isn't one single mm. illness. It is a collection mm. of different illnesses all through your body that present yes. in different ways. And that's why it is so hard to treat and cure and everything like that. So mm. it's the same thing. Like there's so many other symptoms and conditions that go alongside ADHD that often ADHD will get misdiagnosed or missed altogether. And then you do all the things you're supposed mm. to do for everything else. And you're like, this isn't working. There is something still wrong. So that's right. Yeah. That's it. And it's just, um, it's, yeah, it's very, that I feel like that could be like a huge um, thing to discuss anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've always thought about that like throughout when I was diagnosed and I'm like oh my god it was it wasn't just that there was so much more I was just yeah. missing this I wasn't answering this I wasn't even putting my attention to that I could have poured I poured so much of my energy just trying to heal from my trauma and then now which was actually in some ways it was really positive because then now I didn't I don't have to worry about that so much of that and yeah. that affecting me whereas now you know now being more I guess head-on with this ADHD it's like wow, there's so much more. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't just go, oh, it was that one event that I needed to get over. You know, it's more like, okay, there's this, 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 this. Uh, there's more, you know, I need to address. So, um, and that's the thing you, you know, think, that, like, I think that's why mm. you think you've worked out what all the symptoms are and all the issues and then new mm. things pop up and you're like, shit, I didn't realize I did that. So, <laughs> like, I didn't realize well, that's that. That's right. That the stuff I need to sleep is a sensory thing. Like, sorry, I keep interrupting as well. I do that mm. all the time. No, but, no, um, no. You're fine. I didn't realise that that was a sensory thing related to ADHD until like literally three nights ago when I was on Reddit. So. Yeah. I, I have to get on Reddit. I, I think oh. there is a lot there. I, it's I, chef's kiss. I'm missing out. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, I, it, I, you know, I, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say <laughs> it can be toxic, but so can every other social media, mm-hmm. but. It's very informative. Like um, there's a fair few groups that I'm in that are really problematic, but then there's other ones that are so supportive. So, you know, you Mm. take the good with the bad. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I still have so much I'm learning and there's so much to learn. Like there's, Mm. I don't think there can never be an end to all this ADHD information because everyone's experiences are different. But oh, yeah. again, can be similar, but you know, it's, you can't exactly tell because yes, you might have, you know, you might stim the same way someone else stims, but someone else 
might just vocal stem and yeah you know can't pinpoint it as easily so yeah it's a huge and journey and I think I yeah sorry you go <laughs> no 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 it's fine like and I was just gonna say like and it changes as you get older so mm. like loud noises mm. and crowded places like I used to love a mosh pit in my 20 in my 50, in my teens Blech. Mm. loved it would be like mm. at the Horton Pavilion every weekend <laughs> on the barrier lived for yeah. it love the noise now I can't go grocery shopping with feel, without feeling overstimulated and needing to get out of their ASAP. Mm. So it, mm. a lot of the symptoms that when it was first brought to my attention that, yeah, dummy, you do still have ADHD, you're not cured of it. I was like, oh, no, but I don't. Like, this mm. is what people with ADHD do. And they're like, that's what children do. You're an adult. And I was like, oh, mm. shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a that's something, that's a good point to bring up because I – I felt the same because I didn't think I was very noise sensitive because, you know, like you, I liked going to concerts. I loved going to musicals. That was my thing. Yeah. And, you know, it was very loud. Didn't feel, didn't think anything of it. And then, yeah. when I, you know, got older, I'm like, oh, well, am I just noticing this or is it, am I just putting it on? Or, and then I'm like, yeah. no, I actually need my loop earplugs. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you have to adjust yeah. and listen to your body. 100%. And, like, I – um. Yeah, you you become so much different with that and people don't get it. And mm. I just get so overly stimulated so easily. Um, mm. And there was another point I was going to make. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the part I hate the most. Brain fog. But yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it sucks. But it also has its beautiful parts, like... I still can't paint to draw, save mm. my life. I can't create something from scratch, but I can still, like I made a, wall, a macrame wall hanging today and, you know, Love like my house is like full of artworks and, you know, I yeah. love creative writing and all this sort of stuff. I'm not creative writing, more like writing about my own experiences and philosophies and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I'm passionate, so, about like a lot of issues. So, and yeah. that's yeah and that exactly I think we're all advocates in in, in yeah. a lot of ways because because we have all these feelings yeah um insert mean girl meme here um, <laughs> um <laughs> that's all I I'm think not... you know I feel like I I feel like her a lot <laughs> it's like I just have a lot of feel- like I like to think I'm a tough bitch like I've got a hard exterior but really I'm just like a gooey little like I'm really independent I like my alone time. I like doing things for myself. I'm very stubborn. But at the same time, I'm yeah. like, I just need cuddles. Like someone just come hold me yeah. tight and tell me I'm like valid and loved. And yeah, it's I'm not fooling anyone. Like I'll try and act tough. I'll be like, I've got a face tat and a throat tat and a hand tat. And then I'm like, Ooh, don't yell at me too loud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need my loopy plug. Yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, I'm tattered too. And I sometimes feel like, you know, I wear black most of the time, but then I'm also like wearing like, you know, strawberry prints and, oh, yeah. and like all this, cause I love, I'm, I'm not, I'm, there's no in between. Like I'm like either this or that or same. I don't know. We see things through know? black and gray, uh, black and white. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And I don't know. I, yeah, I still don't know what that is. I'm very much still in that discovery and, oh. you know, and I think my hope, with this talking to people is trying to understand myself and understand how ADHD works. And it's still, 
it's still a big question mark <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like for so long I was like okay you need to find like your style and stick to it and I'd always change my mm. hair mm. and piercings mm-hmm. and all of this and then finally yeah. I was like no my style is just me it's eclectic it's all over the shop and mm-hmm. that's okay I don't need to fit into a box I'm never going to fit into a box and that's okay mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah that's right you can, you know, they make lots of different fabrics in the world, so you'll be right. Yeah, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> um, look, I, you know, we have you. I've enjoyed very much talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you so, so much. That's what I said. Which... I was like, oh my god, am I going to annoy the shit out of her because I don't shut the fuck no, up ever? Hardly. I even talk I... in my sleep, so. <laughs> and so does my daughter. I... I'm like, shut up. Oh. I bet you guys have wonderful conversations too. Oh, hers um, is just like random. <laughs> no, she's like evil in her sleep. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what she's seen or doing in there, but it's bloody scary. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. It's like evil oh, laughs. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, so, okay, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate Siri. I love it. She can go away. Um, oh, it's coming up on my computer too. <laughs> Bugger off, Siri. I wasn't talking. (laughs) Okay, she's gone. (laughs) Cool. Um, But before we end the episode, is there anything that you would like to send or to share as a message to someone who might be listening or do you have a message to your younger self? Um, Yeah, I just think that anyone that is struggling with who they are, whether they have a diagnosis or not, um, particularly uh, like assigned female at birth people, um, you're valid, you are loved, you are worthy, you bring so much to this world that you couldn't ever even fathom and you are your own perfect perfect self. Um, there are resources out there that, you know, free resources that you can access um that I'm happy to email through to you and you can pop in the show notes or whatever um you know there's there's so much out there and we just need to keep advocating we need to keep fighting we need to keep making our voices heard so that we are uh given the help that we need accessible help without ridiculously long um wait times which has been blown out by COVID as well Mm -hmm. thanks COVID um Mm -hmm. we you're not lazy you're not you're not unworthy you're not a no hoper you're not any of those things you were just you you're beautiful you're you and that's what makes up the world and that's all that matters do good to other people and that's it like um we don't need to fit into a box and who would bloody want to i look at a lot of neurotypical <laughs> people and i'm like oh, you're boring like i'm sure they're great i'm sure they've got their own things that they love but i'm like I'm a bit weird and I'm a bit off the wall and, you know, I I have like a field profile which is like a dating app for queer, mm-hmm. um, like the queer cool. community, kink, um, poly, all of that sort of stuff. And I've got on my profile, I'm like, I'm like a storm in a teacup, but a beaut- but I'm also the beautiful rainbow that comes after the storm. So I just think that. That's beautiful life can be chaotic but life is chaotic look at what's going on around us in especially the last few years you know we only live once and 
I used to always say that, but I never lived by it. But especially the last year we do. So just don't spend time. Like I've got so many insecurities, self-esteem issues with my body, especially now that I've got no boobs and I had great boobs. They were fantastic, but it's, <laughs> life's too short to, to beat yourself up over the little things like, yeah. So, and there's no shame in or stigma in taking medication or, you know, self-care or stepping away from anything that isn't serving you and your highest purpose. So, yeah. Excellent. I love that, Frankie. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, I, you know what? I feel like I would invite you again and I want to. Yes, I would love that. That's been another one of my... It's been another one of my things over the years. I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast and I went and bought microphones and I don't even think I ever took a microphone out of the box. But it's, well, yeah, I just couldn't find what I really wanted to do. Always welcome. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Thank well, you. Okay. Yeah, I know. I You can find Frankie, I believe, on this podcast and I'll add her, I guess, resources in our show notes. Yes, but I will email again, those Frankie. through to I've, you. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed our talk and i best believe you'll be back for another thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review it on spotify to catch the latest you can follow me on instagram at nynt podcast and if you would like to be a guest on the podcast send an email to nynt podcast at gmail.com please remember that the content in this podcast is not intended to provide medical advice and should not be relied on as such. If you are experiencing any health concerns, you are encouraged to seek advice from a medical professional. Not Your Neurotypical podcast aims to create an informative and supportive safe space for neurodivergent individuals and their allies to connect, learn, and grow together. Each episode is recorded on Gadigal land, Sydney, Australia, hosted and produced by me, Raylan Sebastian, with music composed by Hubert de Monteverde. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and stay tuned for the next episode.